thankful for the way these stories hold on to the lifetime we won't get back. I know these rivers carry. Welcome to another episode of Kankakee Podcasts, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and today we're talking with public speaker Kent Wade. And we first met when or Eric Peterson, who's who we've already heard on the podcast. He's the one that introduced us, and I'm so thankful for that because ever since we met, I'm like, man, this guy's awesome. And I'm like, how did I not know about? him before because once i i did meet you i'm like and we became facebook friends i'm like wow this guy's doing all all sorts of cool things in the community how am i just now hearing about him but regardless thank you to eric for uh introducing us awesome Awesome. (laughs) so there's a there's a video that you can (laughs) you can find um i think it's on i don't know if it's on i think it made made it to i think he put it on youtube but it's on facebook for sure um that was what back in like January. Yeah, yeah, that's been a yeah, while ago. Say, yeah, January. Yeah, was no, was it twenty twenty or was it? Maybe it was. I think oh, it was you the know tail what? That's right. It was a promotion. F- uh, well, it was a promotion for uh, Toys for Tots. Yeah, and yeah, it was Christmas, Christmas time. time. So it yeah. was twenty twenty. Yeah. We didn't have snow, so that was probably why it was kind of like what 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 what, what happened that, <laughs> that, that day. But I feel, yeah. you know what? I feel like it was snowing or raining that day. When I mean, it wasn't hadn't amounted to anything yet. I don't think, but no. I feel like there was some type of precipitation. I, I just that remember day. we kicked Eric out. That's uh, <laughs> that's the, that's the highlight. <laughs> and and me and, and our face off. Our dad. Yes. Off. Our okay. Our dad. That dude. Your your dad jokes were so on point oh, though. Like they were you. so they were so good. Like I didn't. It was funny. Like so. We did this dad jokes battle video, and th- and that's what uh, we're, we're talking about right now. And if you've never seen any of these dad jokes battles, it's really just like two dads sitting down and seeing who can come up with like the corniest, cheesiest, <laughs> f- you know, funniest dad jokes that we all know and love, right? Um, and the other person... Um, that's hearing the jokes has to try not to laugh. Yeah, try not to laugh. Yeah. yeah. And if you laugh, the other person gets a point or the victory yeah. based on uh, how uh, the competition is ran. So <laughs> right. we had, I mean, you had the infamous dad off <laughs> and uh, you you were, you were good. Your, your deliveries are a, were A1. So it was a real struggle to. to <laughs> See, I feel like I had, like, I had the delivery, but you had the good, the, you had the, the good <laughs> content. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, so like, I feel like that was my strong suit was the delivery, but you're, um, you're the one that really had the, cause you even brought some jokes with yeah, you because yeah. they had a bunch of jokes that were already like typed up yeah, that we and had, everything. Yeah, I forgot. yeah we did have to do that. I came to the table with literally nothing, Yeah, but you had one of the best day at jokes. I think was the Will Smith one. Oh yeah. That was one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah. That I was mean, one that you 
brought to the table yourself. And then I'm trying to remember what uh, some of the other ones were that were like ones that I don't know if they were originals or yeah, just ones or, that you had heard that you brought to the table. But the Will Smith one was great. That, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so so Kent Wade, as I said, he uh, he's here in. Um, Kankakee County, specifically in Kankakee, you're a public speaker, and you are just involved in so many important community affairs from things that you, um, programs that you've started up yourself or just mm-hmm. other things that people ask you to get involved in. So uh, w- where does your story begin, though? Are you from uh, Kankakee, or are you, do you, were you born, where were you born? Where are you I from? was born in Richmond, California. Well, San Pablo, California, to be exact, which is uh, right outside of Richmond, uh, the Bay Area. Okay. And so uh, that's where I was born, uh, 1986, greatest year ever. Um, <laughs> my brother was born that year, <laughs> see, my oldest brother. See, so you know, you yeah, know exactly I, how, how I know. awesome that year is. <laughs> uh, and so, um, I was adopted at two and a half. And so uh, just, you know, uh, my mother, my father uh, dealing with the, the the trials and tribulations of the 80s, late 80s, uh, many different changes, uh, the drug choices um, to just deal with the, the, the issues, the trauma. And so um, they were unable to take care of me. And so I went into foster care and two and a half, uh, a lady by the name of Addie Wade, uh, rest in peace to both her and my mother, Linda. Uh, she uh, took me in as a foster child and then adopted me uh, at three. And then we moved to Illinois when I was seven. Uh, first time I ever seen snow, 1993. <laughs> I hate it to this day. Um, <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. And, of course, you're coming from the Bay Area. Yeah, no which snow. <laughs> the Bay Area doesn't see snow, but it can get pretty darn cold. It can. It can, especially in the evening. Just that, that you got the ocean, you got the Bay Area uh, wind, the ocean. Uh, yeah, because it's not Southern Cal. No. And even Southern no. California gets... Uh, it can get cold. It can. It can. It's, it's yeah. like that desert effect where it's hot during the day, then it's cold at night. Yeah. Uh, and so we moved to Illinois. Uh, first time I ever seen snow. My mother had family in Richardson Park, uh, Chicago Heights area. Okay. okay. And so that's how I got to Illinois. Um, I, I became aware of Kankakee in my junior high years. Uh, because we used to come to church down in Hopkins Park, Pembroke area, oh, and in okay. Bourbonnet. Wow. Excuse me. Man, coming all the—that's just like—it's so funny. You come from, a, you know, a Richton Park area, which is pretty populated, and then out to, you yeah. know, Pembroke, Hopkins yeah. Park, where there's—the population is so small. It's very small. <laughs> My mother actually had history in Pembroke, so that's sort of what brought us back. And she's wow. a country girl by nature. So, oh, well, there you go, um, Pembroke. She was born in 1931, so she's old school. Mississippian, <laughs> and she wanted to get back to the country life, and so we moved to uh, to Pembroke when we was twelve. When I was twelve, uh, proud Lorenzo R. Smith Mustang, uh, and so uh, again at that time I'm getting bigger, attitude, anger, you know, teenage boy energy, um, young black male energy as well, and so my mother couldn't. She just wasn't able to, to handle that, and so uh, stay with a friend of the family who wasn't. Uh, a good influence, if you will. The inner, the environment wasn't good. Uh, no hot, no running wa- hot water, no heat. Was this in Pembroke uh, this too? This is in Pembroke, yeah. Wow. And so uh, my mother didn't know any of it because uh, the money that she would pay him, you know, for me living with him, he would give me like 25 bucks, 30 uh. bucks. And my mom didn't do that. She was real, real strict. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, 
this is the best life. Then, uh, <laughs> but you got no running water. No running water. Gosh, you know, that's nuts, uh, man. And I'm I'm a, fr- I'm a freshman at this time, and so I feel like uh, we're back in the. I feel like you were raised in the 30s on that, a that's farm how, that's that how had I felt no. Like, that's how I felt like. In all honesty, you know, you had the well, they didn't have uh, the extension cords, uh, but okay. he, the guy had extension cords going from one house to the next house. <laughs> and so it did, was. A, did you have an outhouse then no, to go to the it, bathroom? It, it, it felt like it. <laughs> Because with no, you know, with with the water not really running like that, you had to have the buckets, and so we would pour buckets oh my to flush the toilet. And so that that went on for like at least three or four months because I wanted to play basketball and okay, uh, but I got pneumonia, and so my mom, who she didn't play that, that we you know she made sure lights, water, you know, uh, stayed on. Uh, we may not have the best clothes that we thought we wanted, but <laughs> we didn't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she made me move to Kankakee. And so I moved to Kankakee when I was 15. Uh, this will make this year will make 20 years that I've actually lived in the city of Kankakee. And so uh, that's how I got to Kankakee as a freshman uh, at 15 years old. And I'll be 35 in October and no plans of really leaving this year or next year. So I'll be seeing my 20th year living in the city that I've pretty much grew up. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you've been in the area for a long time yeah. now, and I'm sure you would go to Kankakee to, to do other things, you know, see friends or, yeah. or, you know, go shopping or some events or whatever yeah. it was, you know, in Kankakee, or if you were playing <laughs> sports, you talked about basketball. Yeah. Did you play basketball in high school I, then? I, play, I played, I must I played a snippet. Um, during that time that I started playing, I was living with the gentleman. And so first time ever playing basketball, uh, organized. And so I, Unfortunately, the the pneumonia kept me back because uh, I remember practicing and I would vomit, un- just I'll cough and then vomit uncontrollably. And at first, I thought it was asthma. Uh, and then my mom had me go. My mom took me to go to get you know checked out. Did you have to out. stay at the hospital for I a while? I had to stay at the that? hospital for just a couple of days. Oh, okay. uh, and then I was able to re release, but that I had to go back to. Suitable housing, and so I was going to say, I bet that's how you ended up with pneumonia. Yeah. Was living in a house with yep. no heat, no right? Heat, no heat. You know, it's it's like it's during the fall season, so you know, it can. It's like now, like you can have a warm day, and then at night it'll drop. You know, mm-hmm. uh, almost like the Bay Area, if you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, I played one game. I took one shot. I wasn't supposed to even shoot the ball. But I shot the ball and I made it. So I, I tell my son I'm 100% from the field goal uh, <laughs> with, with my freshman, with my, with my high school career. But uh, I did play a little bit. Uh, when I came to Kankakee, they wouldn't, I came in at a weird time uh, academically. And so I could not get in to play sports. And I was a semester behind because of missing school. Oh. And then the following year, I just didn't do the work because I was just, just, just being a defiant. This works too easy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I did play a little bit church league. Uh, I blew my meniscus, tore my meniscus twice. And so that pretty much ended the organized basketball aspect, but played park basketball for many of years. Now my son has picked up the basketball and he, he's way better than I am. So <laughs> he's way better. Well, he gets it from his dad, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, let, if you guys, if you hear my son, Keyshawn say he didn't get it from me, he's lying. No, I'm, I'm, he's, <laughs> he's, he's got it. He's got it. So you're talking about, um, Moving from Pembroke to Kankakee, does Pembroke even have a high school? Not I don't know own, much about— Not its own high school. I was going to say, w- wouldn't you have ended up going to Kankakee anyway, uh, or where did they— 
They go to Saint Anne. They go to Saint okay, Anne. Yeah. I couldn't remember because that's one thing I'm, I'm hoping to learn more about on this podcast is. I don't know a lot about Pembroke or Hopkins Park. Yeah. I've just always heard about them and how um, I've always been told that it's more of a, uh, obviously the population's low, but a, a more poorer yeah. area. Yeah. And like, you know, the, the biggest thing you see about Pem- Pembroke, uh, and of course this has been going on for years now, but it's it's kind of been back in the spotlight is getting natural gas lines yeah. out there. Yeah. And the fact that they don't have natural gas lines is like, wow, that's yeah, crazy. That's it's crazy, especially the history that Pembroke has. Pembroke is is it's really vital for the Black history aspect of Kankakee County because when the Great Migration from Mississippi, uh, uh, Arkansas, Alabama, to before they got to Chicago, you reached Pembroke, and so a lot of Black families. Uh, that before they came to Kankakee or even to Chicago, they found home in Pembroke. And so the history of Pembroke is very, very deep. So you kind of wonder, like, why hasn't this taken place? Yeah. Um, and again, that's the conver- those, are, those are conversations that I myself also need to be educated as a former resident uh, who grew up in Pembroke, who has had great memories in Pembroke. And Pembroke also adds just the the land that's out there the 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 workers that are out there it provides something that would benefit the county at the same time you know when it comes to small communities understanding how politics work understanding the makeup of politics um the voices that are for the people um that can speak for the people and not be persuaded by other politicians who have other interests interests and so um i think it's just it, it's something like you just said and 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 speaking out publicly uh, we have to. We got to learn. We got to. We got to fix the ignorance, lack of knowledge for those listening, uh, of a particular subject, so that we can become better aware. And I think, when if Kankakee County worked and got involved with Pembroke, then Pembroke would have more of a voice. Yeah, you know, right. But and that's again outside <clears throat> looking in. No, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, in in recent years, kind of how I've seen it too is you know it uh, Pembroke obviously needs help and they're not getting yeah. it seems like they're not getting enough and I don't know don't know why that is yeah. like I said I don't know enough either no, but do you know was Pembroke initially founded by African Americans or history wise I'm not exactly sure that's yeah. actually that's really a good question yeah. um because sometimes that plays a role in many of in many low income poverty stricken areas, uh, that funding resources are usually pulled away when it's heavily populated with black or brown people, and so I'm not exactly sure, which is a, a good mental note for me to to look into. Yeah, um, and exactly how far back that history goes, you know, when it was Pembroke actually founded, um, could draw a line or a correlation as to, you know, when did the county actually start growing into. Bradley, Bourbonnet, Kankakee, Moments, and, you know, some of the larger city uh, townships that we have. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely, it it it, it definitely, there definitely needs to be uh, a voice of advocacy um, and then bringing the youth who grew up because there was a lot of individuals who have grown up, who grew up in Hopkins, went on to do monumental things. Um, the county auditor, Jake Lee, uh, first black uh, auditor, um, 
and someone in his position, he is, we went to school together at oh, Lorenzo, okay. uh, uh, and he wore suits even in sixth grade. So he, we <laughs> hey. knew he was going to be, you know, but the advocacy needs to be there because if Pembroke flourishes, the county flourishes. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah, because I, I was just reading in the Daily Journal the other day, there's a there's a Nestle factory yeah, in Pembroke. Yeah, factory, yeah. Yeah, which I had no idea yeah. that. There was even a factory out yeah, there. Like yeah. I, I never even knew that existed yeah. Yeah. at well, once said, upon a time. I say, man, take a journey out there. There's, there's ranches out there. There's horseback riding. There's right because they have a rodeo yep. every year, yep. right around. Well, right around this time of the year, yeah, Memorial Day. Memorial Day or Labor Day? I get it confused. Yeah, I want to say it's Memorial Day. Okay, and then, then Pembroke Day is probably near Labor Day then. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Pembroke Day is they, and it's huge. They we because we used to go to church on the main street uh, and the road we lived on. And so they, I mean, it was shut down the roads, parades. You got uh, different vendors, health facilities come out to do wellness checks, you know, these type of things that, again, uh, are needed consistency, consistently in, in different areas. But then also the know-how, because when you're in impoverished and you're in an area of considered poverty, Excuse me. The only way out of poverty is to know how to take those steps up. <laughs> yeah. Um, because what happens is when stakeholders who see, OK, well, I can buy this area for twelve dollars, come in and they buy the area for twelve dollars. They build it up and then they flip it for eighteen dollars. Now you're putting the citizens who are there going through the issues of uh, the depleted resources. Now they're pushed out of having quality resources, mm-hmm. which isn't fair because if you don't know how to manage or how to develop uh, um, the resources around you when you're fighting to live, then it's like you can't, you know, you just, you sort of, sort of deserve an opportunity to try to understand it. So I think yeah. education is, no, not, not I think, I know education is a very huge component, but it's one of those things like how do you bridge the gap between adults and relearning? Because, you know, as adults, we struggle with, like, like you say, you, you don't know much about Pembroke. You would like to know more. There are people who don't care to know. Yeah. You know? Right. So it's like, how do you teach adults in a way to keep their interest, but at the same time, you know, allow them to see a different side, you know? Right. It's kind of like um, we get uh, we get stuck on listening to the same music that we listened to when we were teenagers, and we kind of turn ourselves off from anything new that comes out. Perfect. And even if it's from the same artist, yeah, yeah. and they put out new material, and we're like, wow, this sucks, because it doesn't sound like, you know, this album yeah. from when we were 16. Yeah. You know, it's almost like the same thing. Like, yeah. it's just... Yeah. You know, there, there are certain things that you just kind of sometimes reject at some yeah. point. But then if you finally get past that and you're like, oh, actually, this is cool. Yeah. Or like, yeah. you know, I'm going to give something, someone else a shot yeah. or, you know, something else. So that's why I was just always curious about, you know, Pembroke is just because the things I always heard wasn't a lot. Yeah. You know, it was pretty much like, yeah, it's out in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's just it's just sounded kind of mysterious, and you know, wanted to learn more, yeah, more about it. But yeah, I definitely, uh, definitely need to look into that. Just because, like, from it's almost sounds like, and like I said, anyone listening, you can completely correct me if I'm wrong because I'm going to do my research on this. But Pembroke almost sounds like it could have been founded by. Um, the African-American community or a, a, mi- a minority community of some kind. And just because maybe they obviously they didn't feel welcome, maybe in some other areas. But I have no idea. Yeah, like I, yeah. that, that's just like from the outside yeah. and just what's happened 
over a stretch of time. It almost yeah. looks that way, but you know, I don't know everything. Yeah, it's just you know, kind of from the outside. That's yeah. what it looks like from someone who doesn't know about a lot about Pembroke or Hopkins Park. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe tap in, tap yeah, in. And maybe even maybe you and I will do an investigative episode on that. Oh, that like, would be we fun. could do that. And yeah. actually, I actually know a guy, uh, Dr. Leonard Porter. He has a gallery on the f- South Fourth and Station in Kankakee, right on the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he he's in the Sun River Terrace area now, but I believe okay. he's from Hopkins Park, and he is a history professor. Mm-hmm. So we can set up a meeting. Let's talk to him and 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 dig into that because when when you don't know, you don't know, and <laughs> yeah. information can get passed on without anyone really knowing what's happening. Yeah. And it's not until you get into the space and into that, that the four walls that you then begin to create your own conversation or at least someone who knows, you know, so let's, let's do that. Let's, yeah, that would be, that would be cool. That would be fun. I think. Um, so, you know, getting to Kankakee, um, starting high school there. Um, and what, what comes after, high school for you or what was high school like for you besides you know we talked about the sports aspect the basketball aspect but like going to Kankakee High School what was your experience like growing up in Kankakee as a a high schooler at that point as a teenager it was it was a mixed bag um a lot of uncertainty uh because I knew I was adopted and I had the the empty space you know not knowing where to belong did you did you uh, continue to have contact with your biological parents during no. this time, or it wasn't until no, later? No, it wasn't until later. Okay. Uh, it, wasn't until, it wasn't until I was 17 when I uh, dropped out of high school that I began, that I fa- that they found me, my sister found me. Yeah, because I think, what is it, 17 or 18, you like can legally show up yeah. on the register? Yeah, or, yeah, or not, yeah. re- I don't know if it's a register, whatever they call it, the system, yeah. your name can pop up. Your name and people can pop can, up, yeah. yeah. People well, can I don't find know how, you. My sister was just, she's just a, a private investigator. <laughs> she just, she just. <laughs> like literally or figuratively? No, nah, figuratively. Figuratively. Uh, figuratively. Yeah, okay. Deanna. Uh, but she she uh, definitely uh, sought out my mother, uh, Addie, and then she got that information and passed it on to my sister and passed it on to where I was staying at the time. And then we just, we ended up having a conversation at 17 and have built that relationship, you know, um, uh, since then with my sisters. Uh, my mother has three daughters outside of me. My father has uh, several children um, outside of me. And then they share me and uh, my immediate older older sister. And so um, high school for me was very angry. Um, I'm a teenage black boy uh, in Kankakee. Um, I wasn't really popular so I was considered the other guy mm-hmm. um you know watched anime read manga <laughs> hung out at the library yeah uh, wore glasses you know um I and that's not usually typical no I would say no no, no especially not. from a a person who's white you see an African-American who's into that stuff you yeah. usually don't see yeah. that so that probably that can be a good thing and a bad thing it all was, at the same time. It was a mix. It was a mixed bag. So yeah, left just me like out a said. lot. Of, left yeah. me out a lot of other groups. Uh, you know, uh, and I don't knock. You know what I saw my peers do, because I understood the survival aspect of it. You know, and I tried a few things. I just it just didn't click. Um, and I don't work well with others. So <laughs> the gang life and other things just didn't work out for me. But 
Um, I did find a safe haven at the public library. I had a circle of friends um, who we shared the same interests. Uh, we we didn't break rules. We just were, tr- you know, we were goofy kids. Yeah. Uh, so I would stay out past my curfew, <laughs> things of that nature. Uh, my sister worked two jobs and worked in Chicago. She had three kids as well. And so uh, I had a little bit of free time. Um, and like I said, just trouble with authority. And so by my junior year, I was so far, I was so backed up, so short of credits that they were like, we're going to have to send you to SALT, uh, which is uh, alternative yeah. school. Yeah, that's the alternative school in the area. Yeah, uh, to help you make up those credits. And yeah. so in my mind, I always thought, man, these were the bad kids go. Yeah, that's you know? kind of what I always understood too, but that's not the it's case? Not the case. It's okay. not the case. Uh, for my particular case, it was because of my lack of credits. Okay. Now, I did get in trouble for talking and you know just profane language <laughs> and just being a nuisance with my, my teachers, but... I was going purely off credits. But when you have this window, this perception of who's bad and who's good, we can make brass decisions. And so yeah. uh, on the visit, I saw some people that I thought wouldn't going to be anything in life uh, based off of their attitude, the temperaments that I saw. Um, they're, they're successful now. I mean, the, the you know, and so it's like at that time I was like, I can't do this. And so I dropped out at 17. Um, my sister kicked me out as well because, again, I was just doing my own thing. She had three kids to raise, two boys and a girl. Um, she didn't want, you know, the issues that I was bringing from the neighborhood into the house. And so um, I became homeless. And so the library was my safe haven again. Uh, I went there. Uh, they were wondering, like, why are you here? Like, why are you here during the yeah, daytime? Yeah, why are you always here why every single here? day? Like, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. being 17. They're like, yeah. shouldn't you be finishing school? Shouldn't you be or, at school? That's exact yeah. words. And yeah. so they, but uh, I told them what happened. They were like, no, nah, that's not happening. And so some staff pulled together some, you know, some change. Uh, all these were still in the area downtown. I mean, yeah, downtown. And so I uh, went there and got some 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 stuff from my book bag and then I came back and they took me to the adults uh, the youth services director uh, Camille Rose and she was like you're not no you're not doing that <laughs> and so she took me out to KCC and I met Lisa Weaver and started working on my GED uh, studied for it uh, took the test had to wait a year took the test and so I'm a proud GED alum, alum. Uh, I got my GED the, a month before my actual class graduated. So technically, I'm still class 05. <laughs> um, I just got that. I just got that. That the scholarly uh, GED, uh, and so, so high school was a very difficult time, man. I was depressed um, a couple times. I've you know I've taken pills to you know sort of overdose. Um, didn't value my life, um, and so the work that I do now really comes from my teenage experience. Um, the feeling alone, feeling rejected, feeling not good enough to be, you know, I'm I'm too black to be with my the the white kids and I'm too proper and or whatever to be with the the the, the neighborhood kids or I'm not smart enough to be with the intellectuals, but then I'm not you know, uh, I'm not dumb enough to be over here with those who just yeah, want a goofball. And it's so, like, where do you fit in? Where do I fit in? And yeah. so, uh, and it goes back to, again, feeling that emptiness of being adopted. Like, where my sister had her kids, my mom, she 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 gave us what we need, but she really loved on my nephew a little bit more. And so it was like, where do I fit in? And so it was a real struggle in my high school uh, years. But when I, when I dropped out, life sped up real fast. Had to grow up. A uh, friend of my fam, a friend of the family's. His mom let me stay with him. 
uh, Rosewood and Hickory, Southside, Kankakee. Uh, very proud. Again, just, you know, a lot of uh, experiences that, you know, could lead a person this way or this way. Uh, but luckily, because of me being an anime bookhead library guy, a lot of people in the neighborhood was like, "That's Kent. He's the he's the library guy. He's the, he, he's the book guy." So, so that's where the the library guy partially, partially, partially. Okay. Then it starts. I started working at the library, okay, and working in different departments, and everybody kept seeing me. That they were like, "Oh, that's the library guy." <laughs> they'll see me at the bar. They'll see me playing pool. They'll see me at an open <laughs> mic. They'll see me at an event. That yeah. I was always there, and yeah. That's the library guy. Yeah. Uh, but on you know on on the neighborhood blocks I grew up on, they're like, that's yeah, he's he's the library guy. Like yeah. he's a book bag. I always had a book bag and my glasses and <laughs> you know, I was always trying to talk things out between people that had issues and try to and so that that in itself, you know, it it, it showed it showed a light that a lot of parts of our city don't get shown. Um they say that young black males are destructive, we got a lot of gang activity, but there is a or was um, I don't know what the life is like now, but I do know growing up there was a there was a res- there is a respect there is a value of secession, and they there was an energy that the older guys knew like hey Kent doesn't belong with us. Um, at the same time, I was still part of the community, and so so even like <clears throat> you're talking like people that are more or less doing illegal activity yeah. or, or things yeah, like yeah. that, they even looked at you and been like, oh, okay, Kent's a cool guy. And, you know, we won't touch him or yeah. harass yeah, him yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. And even, I don't even know if they even thought I was cool. It was just like, <laughs> uh, they saw the, they saw some value. Okay. That maybe I didn't, I didn't, at that point, at that time, I didn't see the value until I was, you know, mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a value of like, okay, he doesn't do what we do. He's not, you know, he has this other and there's this, there is this value of life, um, and the idea, like, okay, we, he's going to be something. He needs this, and or so we're not going to put him into this mix because once you get in this mix, you may not come out. Yeah, you know. And so I think that um, it just, it again, it allowed me to understand what I do today. That there, that everything we hear about isn't what it actually is until you actually experience it. Um, and I think even as an adult, I get so caught up in my own work, my own ID, ideals, my own philosophies that I forget what I was like at 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Where I wanted to be and then what pushed me. Like I was pushed to go through the library. I was pushed and guided to go this particular route. And had I fought against it, I could have easily been doing something else. But um, like I said, there's mis- miscommunication, mis- misunderstanding. If we don't dive into something and ask these difficult questions that we may not understand or feel comfortable to even asking someone that may be different from us, you know? Right. Yeah. There's there's always that that natural reaction to something we don't understand. Yeah. We get defensive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we and we don't want almost don't want to understand because it's complete it's so foreign yeah. to us yeah. you know and it, and it all depends on on wh- what kind of background you come from right you know right um but hopefully as you get older you educate yourself yeah right shake the fear <laughs> sh- sh- yeah shake, shake the fear so let's talk about that um so you know you you graduate with your ged yeah. and you you start working at the library at this point or I, did, I did you did you uh, go I beyond did. 
uh, your GED and, and get some college? Yeah, I, I, I got my associates in 2012. Okay. Um, I, I got the library job right before I got my GED. So okay. that, that was a blessing in itself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and who were you living with at this time? Were you just uh, couch surfing? Miss Kathy White. Miss Kathy White. Oh man, just I, I collect mothers along the way, uh, and so Kent has at least twenty. I do, I do, I really do. I got a lot of mamas, uh, but 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 Mama Kathy White um, was a good friend. Her son, her adopted son, he's adopted as well. Um, he's a Scorpio as well, so we shared a lot of okay, you know, similarities. similarities. We fought a lot, uh, but still a good friend of mine. I uh, just saw him last uh, month when I went to Atlanta. But um, she allowed me to stay in, to stay with her, uh, because I'm a, I was a good kid. You know, I'm, I'm a good person. Um, and as she would tell me, I would make the bad decisions, but I'm overall, I'm a good kid. And so yeah. she allowed me to stay with her at this time. And so I'm cleaning, cooking. You know, she has this huge house that she has all these other kids because um, she just she's a foster mother. She, and so she just loved on the neighborhood and she was very active in the community. If if. People were fighting in the street, and she came outside. It was like, "Hey, you stop!" <laughs> yeah, because break it up. Either yeah. she was gonna come out there, or as old as she got, she'll call the police on you. So <laughs> I was gonna say, "Yeah, she's, she's either gonna whoop you, or she's, she's gonna... <laughs> gonna whoop you, or she get to fussing." And you don't want to, her fussing is just you never know when it's gonna stop. But there was that there was that respect, and so um, she allowed me to stay with her. Uh, I got the GED. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was th- with them, 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 those two, and then my mother's energy from Pembroke uh, was just got me going. Uh, and so I went to, to work on my associates right after. I failed the first two years. It was zero. I had a zero point six four GPA after two years of full courses. I didn't. I didn't pass any courses. Was it just too tough? Or were no, you, no, no. We had just... a frat house because we ended up uh... moving out. When I started college, we ended up moving across the street. Okay. So me and a couple friends of mine that had lived with her as well for a couple months, we got our own apartment, and it was literally it was literally a frat house. Like we more alcohol than food, um, but I was the only one going to school, so okay. it, it just didn't. <laughs> so mix. really, you were the the, the frat, and everyone <laughs> everyone else was just the uh, the tag alongs or whatever. There. Yeah, they whatever. Right. There. Yeah. And uh, so I just I had it was poor. Just poor study habits. I, I I then learned that I was not a school person. Like I love in class, I love activities in class, participation, but I hated homework. Yeah, who likes homework? Some you know. people do. My wife would my wife would do homework. I promise you, and be up until it's done. And I'd be like, "You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy." We all learn differently. That's Th- the thing. That's true. That's true. I wish I had her around at the time. Uh, <laughs> but the first years, just I wasn't doing the work outside of class. Um, some days I wouldn't show up. Uh, I wait to get my pale check and then just didn't show up again. And when I, uh, I my son came in 2006, uh, he literally, uh, we found out in May, I spoke to my mother, birth mother, and I told her, told her about it. And she wanted to talk, but I didn't have time. So I'm like, I'll talk to you later. Um, I get a call two days later that she had passed away in her sleep. Oh, wow. And so it kind of, it sort of revved up the engine in me. Excuse me, and then have my son, uh, and just was excited. We made the move. Uh, excuse me, went back to school, had a bad semester, and then I got put on suspension. Um, things with my my girlfriend hit my my son's mother. Time did not work out. Uh, was not ready to be a family guy. Was not ready to be a dad. 
my friends were my family. Um, and so we end up splitting. I end up becoming homeless again for four months. And so that was the couch. Couch surfing couch, days. I mean, I'm talking okay. about surfing, surfing. <laughs> and a couple nights I've sp- I stayed at a park. Um, I had my own car as well. So I, sometimes I stayed in the car. Um, and But eventually my son did not want to come around me because it was like three weeks I didn't see him. And the day when I got him, finally got a place, stayed at a, a friend's house that was clean and uh, acceptable because I wouldn't put him around anything or anybody. Of course, yeah. You're not going to have him sleep in the car with you. No, not sleep in the car. It's people who had, had animals. There were some people who sold drugs. So it was yeah, like I, right. he's not going to be involved with that. But when I finally got him, he did not. He wanted nothing, nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. He cried and he cried and he cried. And that was that last wake-up call to be like, not the last wake up call, but that was the wake up call to say <laughs> one of one make, one, of wake up, one of many wake up calls. <laughs> I so you know we get tons <laughs> yes. of wake up calls. I was gonna say I've gotten plenty, and you know sometimes you listen to them, sometimes you don't, or sometimes it's uh, a temporary. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like having you know five alarms to get up in the morning. You know, perfect. I had three this morning. <laughs> See, I had three this morning. Uh, but you know, we that was when I had to really start shaking the fear, and I didn't call it that then. I just knew that I wanted something different. And so I went to different agencies. I went back to KCC and did a major appeal. Um, I got back in, um, worked with KCCSI to get an apartment. Uh, and I was told, I was being told no, left and right. No, you know, if you were a mother, I could help you out. If you your son lived with you, I could help you out. But I refuse to take no at this time. I'm like, my son needs me like never before. And so I was able to get my own apartment. I was able to meet I didn't know there was millionaires in Kankakee, but I met my first millionaire in this time frame because I uh, had got a scholarship. Uh, you got to have lunch with the person. The, uh, he really loved my energy, uh, helped me get my my next pair of glasses in my ever in my life. And so the wheel starts to turn. And so I got my associates in 2012. Um, me and my wife, uh, we end up starting dating in 2010. And so public speaking started to take off. Uh, in the realm of me working with the community. And so 2009 was when I went I went back to KCC. I was working at the Kiki Public Library and the library in KCC. I became part of a program called Brother to Brother, uh, which is under the SOB, Student African American Brotherhood Initiative. And that is to help young men, black and brown men, uh, men across the board, uh, because it was more than just brown and black men in the program. Sure. But the goal was to raise the graduation, the graduation and the retention rate. And obviously, you're a perfect candidate for that perfect program. Candidate. Yeah. Especially the retention went, piece. Yeah, because you went, you went through it. I, w- I went through it. And yeah. then I came in helping the younger the younger guys. Um, and so I ended up going to New York for oratorical contest uh, through Saab and blew it out the water. I mean, blew it. And so that's when the knack of conversation kicked in. Uh, the United Way director at the time came and did a pitch at the library and was like, hey, these agencies, we help this. This is the money that we put in these agencies. They do this, that and other. And I'm like, wow, I know that pantry. I know that pantry. I've been to that pantry. They helped me get rent for the first check. They got me this. And so I asked him, I was like, how can I give? I don't have $20, $25. And he was like, you can give up to $2, $5, whatever you want. And you can do it every two weeks. And I was like, wow. And he asked me, he's like, why are you so passionate? Like, he's like, your excitement, I can feel it. And I was like, well, I am a product of these resources. And so we spent an hour talking, and he invited me to travel with him through uh, Kankakee and I think Iroquois County to talk to different uh 
businesses and do, about donating about and, donating okay and that was when i started really telling my story okay and the responses that i got from people not just black not just men not just tall i mean when somebody heard i was a high school dropout that's me and mm-hmm. here's this little lady i would have thought did everything right and she tells her story of doing this and being on drugs and when she finally got clean she had kids and so I, i'm starting to see my life my life, the pain of my life was inspiring other people because of the pain they went through. And so 2014, I did my first freshman orientation at the high school. That was my first paid engagement. Um, 23rd, no, move forward. 2016, um, I started doing my Facebook Lives consistently. 2018, I created my own first, my first workshop called Shake the Fear. That's where it came from to help people shake the fear of public speaking, being able to tell their story their way. And that was a workshop I started in 2018. Uh, 2020, 2019, I left uh, KCC for good. Um, oh, because you were working at KCC. Yeah, I was working at KCC. Oh, okay. I've always had two jobs. For I think that's I feel the like most, anyone has I, to I, I feel like every Ameri- I feel like if you're in America, you got two jobs. Yeah, at least, and if not more. My two jobs were always the public library. That's how I became the library guy. I worked in the back. They didn't know me. Came suited and booted. <laughs> gave the greatest interview of my life, I felt. Um, actually, the, which taught me how to interview uh, in 2005. And then 2009... They wanted me to move to another department because I was talking more. People were knowing my story. They're like, we need, like, we need, we a need fresh him face. out front. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, and to be honest, especially as a black man, you need, because our community is, have we have a mixed community. Right. And so we want to be able to reach our community uh, uh, stakeholders by any means necessary. And so I have a duality to be able to talk to anybody that walks through those doors. Absolutely. Even the people who want to come in and start in trouble. And so they put me <laughs> at the those services desk. I killed that. I, they, they loved me up there. But then there was a spot at the CERC desk in the front, immediately the hot seat. And so I went to that department for a couple years. And that's where the library guy name came in at because— okay. Every time people came in, they saw me. And I was playing with the kids. I would have candy for the kids. I would crack jokes. I would do dad jokes. <laughs> yeah. I would do so many different things. <laughs> I would help. I could tell them people were down, and I would, you know, give them quotes. And um, all this in the library while I'm doing what I'm doing with social media, while I'm traveling, doing the speaking. So people will come from their jobs and come to the library and be like, you're the guy that came to the for United Way. And okay. so that's how it, it began to get coined. And then finally, um, I went to the youth department where I worked with the teenagers. And I was beginning to work with the teenagers that were like me. And so it became full circle. Well, I was going to say, you're like right back full home, circle. man. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah, you, you meet a kid, you're like, wow, this guy's just like me. Man, he's, like, a, he's a pain <laughs> in the butt. Like, <laughs> this is what I was? And then I just, you know, and I just gave him the energy. And I, I would do high school visits. I would do junior high visits. I would go to the Montessori. And, you know, I would go and I would just give him all the energy, the love. I would, you know, redirect them. I break up fights. I mean, and I mean really break up fights. I'm picking kids up, <laughs> moving them out the way. You know, I I will close. I don't work there anymore, so I can say this now. I will, you know, some kids that needed that that stern uncle love, I will close the door and we'll go at it. <laughs> we'll go at it. Yeah. You know, and by the time we're done, somebody's, we're both crying, <laughs> we're hugging, and they'll come out and they'll, thanks, Mr. Kent. And so uh, I left the library at 20, in 2017, okay. I had to get the wings. Baby Bird had to leave the nest because um, I was sleeping in the break room. 
I would eat, you know, the people would bring in food, <laughs> people have events, and that's how we eat as a bachelor. That's how we eat dinner that night. Yeah. It's leftover food. And so 2017, I left. 2019, I left the college. Um, me and my wife have three kids uh, uh, together, four in total. Um, we don't do step. Um, we're one big family, his his mom included. Uh, That's wonderful. And so uh, 2019, I left so that I could be home with our kids uh, and work full-time public speaking, which was hell in a handbasket. Um, and then 2020, into 2019, 2020 is when I started my clothing, my T-shirt line, Shake the Fear. And uh, it was really just, I had a great group of guys, uh, a guy named Chris Barnes, uh, Jeff Davis, they have their own T-shirt brands, proud black men, fathers. Uh, and they was like, Kit, you're a million-dollar brand. Act like it. And I'm like... No, man, no, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But at this point, I was so frustrated because my wife is starting to blossom. She's coming out of her, her shell big time. She's a corporate person. Let me, got to go to work, come home. Got to go to work. Mm-hmm. But now she's unraveling her jewelry talent. She's had her jewelry business for about two years at this time. She's starting to public speak. And uh, I wasn't sure where my place was because mm. as a I'm 86. We were taught go to school, work, 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 right. work. Yeah, our gen- right. That's our generation. That's our generation. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I, I got real depressed. Um, I wasn't involved with my older son like I wanted to. Um, and uh, just a lot of the different things. And they called me like, man, you're a million-dollar brand. You need to act like it. And I'm like, million-dollar brand? I mean, and so I started, I put the shake to fear, create the design, put it on a shirt. And then 2020 just opened up a new idea of every day has to be shake the fear because I've been shaking my fear for all your years. life. Yeah. Cause I'm a scary guy. Like if some, <laughs> you gotta admit when you're a scary person and it's not just fear of danger. It's the anxiety yes. of the unknowns, the anxiety of, you said it before about when we talked about Pembroke, if I don't know something, if, I, if this is my favorite song, I'm gonna keep looping my favorite song. I'm not gonna touch that. I'm 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 kind of worried that I might not like it. Yes. But then until you try it, like Mikey, then you're like, oh, I love it. And so for me, it was an everyday battle, and uh, uh, and so I began to embrace that battle, and not embrace the struggle aspect of being a citizen, American, black, a man, a father, a husband, a high school dropout, because that's all in me. That's all packaged in me. And that's so, a lot. It's and a lot. Almost every person has something similar. They've got all these things packaged into one, and you're like, oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Yeah. And then my wife, and then when you have a, a co-pilot, and having a co-pilot, you, 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 you learn to have those conversations, and then you learn to be the Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so— I love that analogy. <laughs> I, I, I clicked when I turned 33. 30, uh-huh. Every year that I turn older, I, uh, every year that I get older, because I, I, I love basketball, I equate it to a, a basketball player. <laughs> of course, so yeah. I'm 34 now, so I'm in my, my Shaq dominant <laughs> period. Kai Kim Olajuwon, I got to get my skills together. But 33 was— Pippin, like I left the job, I'm at home with the kids, and homemaking is not for the faint of heart. I, oh I, hell no! <laughs> I re- I almost rather work a twelve hour shift, <laughs> and I love it, my kids. Yeah, but it, it it when you don't, if you've never really had to do something, it, it begins to. It, it's like whoa, what is this? And so I had to sit back and and, and see my wife be great. Because now, where we're at now, uh, we're both full entrepreneurs. 
Um, I, I I have multiple streams of income. I I'll host. I public do public speaking. I do workshops. I'll turn around and I cut a lawn. I'll go clock in the Red Lobster on a Saturday. <laughs> right. So you know whatever it takes <laughs> to feed my family. And then my wife, uh, her jewelry business is going on four years. Um, she does custom made ju- custom jewelry. What is the name of the the jewelry uh, place? Glad you asked that. Yeah. Ebony Pearls Boutique. Okay. Ebony Pearls Boutique. I, I, I have heard that name before, and of course, yes. I know there was a, um, what do you call it? Like a, a like a kind of like a, a craft show vendor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that well, yeah, that's probably shop, been a, a pop up shop. That's that's the word I'm looking for. It was a pop up shop sometime in the last couple months. Yep, yep, I remember. Yep, yep. And uh, your your wife she's and many it. other yeah, vendors were there. It. She has another. Yeah. There's another one coming up on uh, May 23rd. Uh, we're working with a young entrepreneur uh, who has her she's a she's a baker she's and she's phenomenal and she's family uh but my wife has been helping her develop this and so my wife last year uh when of uh, the George Floyd incident happened um it was a huge shock wave around the world um on top of that we celebrate Juneteenth as well yeah uh, recon- which is uh June 19th uh which is to recognize the two years after the emancipation proclamation that Galveston Texas had uh, slaves that were still slaves, and so they two were, years after two years after so I didn't know that story. Yeah, two years after the Emancipation uh, Proclamation, they were still uh, slaves, and so uh, they were they were they were freed, uh, if you will, and so. That is sort of the Independence Day for Black Americans, um, because 1776, we weren't we weren't free. We were still slaves at that time, and so it just and it and for us, it's not an either or. Uh, for us, again, you know, when you're adopted, there's a piece missing, and you always you never feel like you're a part of the puzzle. The beauty about America is we have the ability to celebrate our differences if we truly want to. And so last year, my wife decided to create a business directory called the Black Pages. And it's a Kankakee County business, black business directory. So um, as we're talking about economics, like with Hopkins Park, um, Kankakee, Bradley, Bourbonnet, which is becoming a heavily uh, uh, mixed population, um, the black dollar has helped build America's infrastructure. At the same time, the black dollar has not been used within the black community to build up the infrastructure of, of that particular community. So if the, so say, for instance, the businesses in Hopkins, if the people in Hopkins put their money together to build the infrastructure, then they will you you might be able they might be able to see a return. Now, this is coming from someone who is not versed in economics <laughs> or say, yeah. infrastructure. But it's similar, like if me and you say, let's put $20 together and then we go bet on or go put that $20 in Acorn, mm-hmm. we now have $40 that we could turn around and, turn to something big. But if that's what the education piece. And so my wife is really looking to educate black businesses on how to not only create, but to sustain. The sustaining part is the hard part. Well, creating is hard too, oh, but yeah. sustaining for me at least, yeah. that is the hard, yeah. <laughs> that's the hardest part. I'm with you. I think that might be a, it might be a guy thing, but, <laughs> but no. It could be, or it could, I don't know. But, but it, when you don't know, because there's so many different you know, when you say, I'm going to go get my LLC, and then you go get your LLC, and then it's like, well, here's your EIN. EIN. And like, well, have you, <laughs> what have, is that? <laughs> have, you, have you signed up for your DUNS number? My DUNS number. And so you, you, you got all these, and then the bank accounts, and then yeah. uh, taxes, and it could be so intimidating 
that it pushes people away. And so while we're building our platforms, we're teaching or passing down information to others as it was passed to us. Okay. Um, and so, you know, just being in this 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 arena now in this area of Kankakee at 35 versus 15, I've seen growth. I've also seen um, um, things be destroyed. Uh, growing up on the second ward, downtown area, I've watched a lot of things be taken away. Fresh produces, produce, um, just different resources. Um, but at the same time, it's it's for us. We're learning that we have a voice, and our voice can be a bridge. And it's not to tell people what to do or how to do it, because we we live in our own stories. You have your own story. I have my own story. What we can do, though, is if you control your narrative and I control my narrative, and then somewhere in that line, our narratives are going to cross. Yeah. We met at a dad joke <laughs> face-off yeah. for Toys for Tots. Now, I came for the, the, the Toys for Tots excuse me, and the dad jokes. You might have came for the dad jokes and the Toys for Tots in whatever order. But the fact that we were able to bridge, and then I met Bill and Nicole and just right. Eric. So. When great energies come together as we're controlling our narratives, we now have an opportunity to create another narrative as we move forward. Yes. And that narrative can go down, be passed down to our children, their children, and the next generation. And even if it's not our children, we can give a different narrative to the narrative of Kankakee County. Yeah. You know? I absolutely agree. Uh, There needs to be a lot more of that. And I love you. You said that so beautifully. Um, We can all have different narratives. We can all have different stories. And we can connect all of those together. We don't have to be separate. Yeah. You know? I mean, because at the end of the day, we're human. And we can connect in some way, shape, or form. You know? Like, it's not impossible. Like, just like... You know, how we first connected, like you just said, that's how we connected. I mean, that's the connection there. We're both dads and we tell terrible jokes, (laughs) you know? And so that's, that was the, that was the bridge for us. And then you you just build on that, you know, because here we are now. Yeah. We're, you know, we're talking. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. And we've communicated. And the beauty of it is we've communicated, we communicate off, you know, throughout through inboxes, I'll send you a yeah. quote, you'll send me a quote, yeah. or you'll see a post and you'll ask me about it. Or and, and that's the that's how we we bridge the gap to control the narrative. And the, the thing is, I think people we expect that we're supposed to agree all the time. Yes, and we don't have to and agree. We and we can still be friends. Like I'm sure, I'm almost positive there are things that you and I do not see eye yeah. to eye on. But that does not mean I am going to say, oh, well, screw him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't see everything my way. Bye. You know, like, that's not how it works. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and and I I agree. I I think there there just needs to be some some more like, okay, we're not going to agree on everything. We can still be friends. We can still be friendly with each other. We can still support each other as long as obviously you're not doing one of us is doing bodily harm. Yeah. You know? Right. 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 <laughs> so. Right. And I think and learning how to use that in conflict resolution is key. And so, and, I, and I'm working on, I think we're all a work in progress because when it's something that matters to you, you know, and someone else doesn't see it your way, it can be personal. Um, but we can't let it be personal because I don't know your story. Yeah. You don't know my story. And if we're able to have a dialogue to talk about the stories, we may be able to find that piece where it's like, okay, we can agree to disagree. And there's a lot of hot topics that we get lost on as humans, you know, Democrat or Republican, you know, uh, 
heterosexual or homosexual, black versus white. And while there there are sub-conversations that need to happen, um, especially with classism and race and gender equity, and those are just three three components that I, I know that are huge that we are divide we get divided on, and then we just we just start fighting each other. And mm-hmm. it's like that's not that's not how that works, you know, right. or or that's not how it works if we want to see a healthy, sustaining society where everyone, everyone, not the status quo, not what has always worked in the years past, because it's not years past, it's 2021. And we have to think on an equitable standpoint, not even an equal standpoint, because sometimes things aren't equal. No, it's, nothing is ever equal yeah. because that is life. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, we can do our best to try to make things equal, but still at the end of the day, like, you know, get, just give people what they need. Yes. Equity to me matters way more than having equal equal. You have mean you having the same piece of cake. Yeah, that can work. But if I really want pie and you're wanting cake, <laughs> now we both got what we want. Yeah, there you go. What we need, then we're able to, to yeah. come out of this a lot happier. You know, yeah. I'd be happy with cake, too. Though I'm not. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> I will take whatever, almost any type of sweet thing. I will eat it because I have the biggest sweet tooth ever. So Same if here. it's pie or Same cake, I don't here. care. Give it to me. Same All here. Right? <laughs> Same here. I'm slowing down, man. I'm, I'm in that age where it's going to start getting me if I don't. <laughs> it's yeah, it's been it's been starting to get me because, yeah. I'm I'm uh, almost 31, so you know oh, yeah, getting yeah. into yeah 30, that metabolism man, that's it's, slower. It shuts down after a certain time. Like, <laughs> yes, and yeah. then your knees go out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you had that experience early on. Oh right? yeah, well, yeah, with the torn sure. meniscus. Yeah. So I'm sure that's affected you early yeah. on yeah. before you even got to your 30s. But um, so so instead of you know, it sounds like when you know you started to use the your your life's work slogan, shake the fear. Um, it sounds like even then it, it, it didn't reach its full potential, but now it sounds like it does because you shake the fear every single day. And you talked about anxiety Mm -hmm. and I feel like that is the biggest thing for most of us. Mm -hmm. It's not fearing our neighbor down the street Mm -hmm. or fearing, uh, a bad guy or fearing our boss or whatever. It's more or less like just our, the, the, those day-to-day anxieties that we tend to fear. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are the hardest, those, those inner battles yeah. that we have with ourselves. Though, those are the things that to me, at least for me personally, those are the things that I fear the most. Yeah. And so I end up not shaking the fear and I end up, you know, tumbling yeah. and, and letting the fear take me over. Yeah. And then of course, like I said, you, you just end up falling. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you don't shake that fear. Yeah. So. Or not moving at all. Yeah. Because fear will stifle you. It'll keep you, you know, paralyzed because if I take the move forward, the unexpected might happen. If I go left, right or back, you know, the, well, if I go back, then I'm backtracking. And so that it, it, you're correct, that anxiety, that that uh, 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 what's going to happen next. So let me respond first out of fear. Um, and it, it, it's it's and it's key to actually acknowledge the fear, because if you can acknowledge the fear, then you can assess it. Then you can assess it. You can assess. OK, OK. Why am I afraid right now? Why does this bring me, you know, um, and, and right now? And I think now I've I, I've. I've used my voice so much that I have almost almost built it because I'm so I've, I've I've grown I've grown in my 
unapologetic energy because it's my story, my narrative. Um, and I know in my heart, uh, at the same time, I'm real anxious at what I say. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, it's like if I say the wrong thing, who am I going to offend? <laughs> right. You know, yes. who's going to hear this and be like, well, he said it this way or he didn't say that. And so it, it's 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 the internal battles. Mm-hmm. We battle ourselves. You know, um, I scratched half my hair out just just when I'm nervous, when I'm frustrated and the anxiety will get the best of me. And like you said, the fear will will conquer. And so shaking the fear in itself doesn't mean fear won't exist, you know, to anyone listening. It doesn't mean that you won't be without fear. It just means that you won't allow fear to govern your moves. It won't you won't let fear dictate how you feel, how you want to grow, how you want to respond. Um even even have this conversation with you, you know, as a as a proud black man who who understands right now the black community, the black uh, population in America, there's a lot of things that that is tied with America. There's a lot of uh, misinformation. There's a lot of uh, hurt, a lot of trauma that has been unresolved. And, you know, there, I, 15, 10 years ago, to come to your basement to have a podcast conversation would be like, okay, why? What do you want from me? What if I say the wrong thing? And, you know, but now... Again, I'm still mindful of what I say. I know mm-hmm. my first first one of the first rules of public speaking is knowing your audience. You got to know who you're talking to. And if you're talking to a diverse audience, you're going to get diverse perspectives. So you can't just stay in one particular lane, especially if I want you to see my story. If I want you to see my story, I can't walk you through my particular shoes because you may not know what those shoes feel like. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the anxiety is it never leaves the sweaty palms, the, the the butterfly in the guts, you know, asking yourself, am I doing the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Did I put it all out there? Tell, you just got to go with it. Just leap, you know? Yeah. Because how long, how many tasks have you done that if you had done it sooner and just said, you know, forget the procrastination, forget, will I do it right? If I would have done this sooner, how many more projects would I have gotten done? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. That happens to me all the time. I'm a huge procrastinator. And that's another thing where I should be shaking the fear on. And so the times that I'm not able to shake that procrastination fear, mm-hmm. yeah, I, that's exactly what I think. Like, man, if I just would have done this you know, whether it was something I had to do yesterday yeah. or whatever. Like, if I just would have done that, then I would have had time to do this thing yeah. before Kent came over today, yeah. you know, or whatever it was. You yeah. know, like, I've got dishes to wash upstairs yeah. right now. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, if I just would have stayed up later last night and, you know, it's whatever. But yeah. there's always something. Yeah, it's always something. And yeah. so that's why you have to pause and take those breaks, especially as a parent, because you're like, you're under the microscope and the critiques all the time yeah um, from your children from your partner from society from grandparents from schools from daycare and you you know parenthood is a perfect example am I good enough am I a good enough dad am I a good enough mom and we ask these questions uh, shout out to the mothers uh, Mother's Day yes, weekend yes we're recording this Mother's Day weekend <laughs> uh, and, but you ask those, those questions so am I good enough did I do this right do, and then you this, you know you're like I'm just a bad parent Mm-hmm. Right. I just, I just, yeah. And then when you see your kids and they're like playing in dirt or they're super dirty or <laughs> something was broken, you found some other way to do it. And they're like the eyes light up. You're like, 
okay, I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> I'm great. And I, and I really, I really feel like humans uh, tap into tap into counseling therapy. You know, having someone uh, unbiased voice, unbiased ear. Uh, to help us with the process because we could be in our heads so much. And I grew up in my head. That was my home. I cried by myself. I was when I was angry, I was by myself. When I when I did when I did good, I, I celebrated by myself. Um so as I got older, I struggled with sharing that with other people. And then my friends came in and you know, as a teenager with your friends, they're like, there's nobody better. But they're humans, too, and they're figuring themselves out. And as you begin to evolve and go different ways, you then bring about that loneliness again. And then even when you get married or have a spouse or a partner, same thing. We forget that they are other. They are human as well. And they're going through a growth process. And sometimes that growth process may take you different in different arenas. But it doesn't make you a bad person, doesn't make you. A, a, a loser. And so therapy, counseling, whether it's with your pastor, your minister, your priest, uh, actual therapist. Um, I go to a therapist uh, uh, that I see regularly every month and just get those conversations out of your head. Because if you're a head person, the fears are going to they're going to build up. And before you know it, you found yourself sitting, walking in a circle. Yes. You know, yeah. So it's a powerful topic. It is. And it's so important to have that outside perspective because being inside our heads, like you said, we miss it yeah. and we end up just going in circles and just going around that same thought or many thoughts. And we don't even think, oh, well, what if it's actually like this? And yeah. it's not actually the way I think it is, it, you know? Exactly. So, Yeah. Man, the mind um, is a powerful thing, man. It's, it certainly we is. We will force ourselves to believe something. If this is what I believe it is, or I feel this is it, this yeah. is what it is. Even if the proof isn't there, the words aren't there, and sometimes we have to just break out of it. And the older we get, the more stubborn we get. Yes. So it's it's a it's a powerful thing. Absolutely. Well, uh, Kent, I feel like we could go on forever. Um, <laughs> like, I, I love this conversation where it's going, and there's, like, so many other things that I want to talk to you about. But that just means we're going to have to that do this a, again. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and definitely I feel like it would be fun, as we talked about earlier on, doing something together, like just learning more about Pembroke and Hopkins yeah, yeah. Park because I feel like there's so many – people just like myself. I mean, you said yourself, you don't even know all the history, but you still know more than I do. Right, right. But I feel like there's more, even more people like myself yeah. in the county that have no clue yeah. about Pembroke or Hopkins Park and know very little about it. Yeah. And I think it would be cool yeah. to, to learn more. It's, I, I, so, I think it's vital. Yeah. You know, Kankakee is the mecca of Kankakee County. Right. And I, I use those words exactly, no disrespect to any other township, but when you come to Kankakee County, Kankakee is the city. Right. It's um, the county seat. It's, so, the, it's you know. the county seat. That, you know, and so with that being said, you know, when we look at what each city, each township has to offer and the history that it has, we need every piece. Some oh, of the yeah. terrorist moments. And Pembroke is no different. And I think that Pembroke gets the has gotten that bad rap based off of media coverage, um, 
um, exploitation because of the land that's out there, um, because of the the people that's out there, maybe the lack of resource and information. Um, Even we're in the information age, we still, people are still not informed. And so it's vital that we look at every piece of our county as gems. Mm -hmm. And if Pembroke and Hopkins Park, if, if it's not viewed as value to Kanky County, then we won't see Kanky County grow. No. We have to, every piece, and Pembroke is a vital piece, not only for the future of gas lines and what can come to our, our county, but just off the resource, the individuals, and just, you got to value every piece of the puzzle. Yeah. One piece yeah. is not better than the other because it lacks or it's without. We need all of it. We need all of it. Yeah. So I'm going to talk to Dr. Porter and see if I can get him with me next time and or see if we can get a, a conversation at the gallery. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he's, be cool. he's, he's the guru. He's the guru. Awesome. I would I would absolutely love that. Um, so uh, real quick, I think we should end just by, um, you know, talking about anything you have coming up. I th- This episode comes out on May 24th, so okay. I don't know if you have anything coming up after May 24th, but regardless, just, you know, I know you have a website for your public speaking and, and, um, I know you're talking about your wife is getting into public speaking as well. Yeah. You mentioned, I believe before we were recording that, uh, you're working on a podcast as well. You, you and your wife, right? For this podcast. So I don't know if you want to talk about any of that, uh, real quick before we end. Well, you can find me at IamKentWade.com. That is my website uh, with my booking information, speaking information. I am a public speaker, a professional public speaker. I will do motivational speaking. Um, I just do not like to coin motivational speaker. Just... <laughs> yes, because this the stigma that's yes. attached to it. Yes. It's like, oh, he's a motivational speaker. That's why I said you were a public you speaker. Get it. You and get so, it. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it because I'm like thinking like, I think he doesn't go by motivational speaker because there's just so much <laughs> attached to that and people aren't really attracted to it. Yeah, you know, and, because... and, and some people are attracted to it. It's just, yeah. I can speak anywhere. I can go into a bar. I could be anywhere. Motivational speakers tend to be put in a particular box. box. Yes. And sometimes when I motivate, it may not be as motivational or fluffy (laughs) as a motivational speaker. So um, public speaking, professional public speaking, uh, coach, uh, facilitator, storyteller, and MC. And so um, if you have an event that you need a a speaker, presenter, and someone to keep the energy going between segments that you have, I am that guy uh, to help you shake that fear and unlock your ambition. Uh, My website, again, I am KentWade.com. My email is IamKentWade at gmail.com. Um, I am on Facebook as Kent the Library Guy Wade on Facebook. I am the DA Library Guy, not library, but library. <laughs> it really gets me when people do that. I used um, to do that when I was younger. Oh, man. Yeah. They, well, they, 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 they trained me to say it right. So once they got it, <laughs> I would hope it, so. just, it just clicked. I would hope so, uh, yeah. And so uh, shout out to Barb Loudy at the old uh, KCC uh, Library. There you go. She was there for 40 years. Um, yeah. yeah, she <laughs> trained me. Uh, I like that. Woo, at the yeah, <laughs> gotta have that. Woo. There's always that. There's always one person in the crowd that does that. Always. Uh, and so, uh, um, uh, as far as far as events coming up. Uh, I do have a conference that's coming up in October. I know that's a little ways out, but we are doing promotion now. Um, the speakers have been leaked. Uh, it is a conference where it's free to the public. No matter where you're from, it will be at the Kankakee Public Library in the auditorium. Um, four phenomenal speakers sharing their story of shaking fear their way. 
and they'll be telling their story their way. And it's all interactive. It's not a conference where you're sitting and you're listening, 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 listening. You're going to get out your seat. You're going to engage the speaker. You're going to engage the guests. Some of them, I don't even know what some of them have planned, uh, but my wife will be one of the speakers at the conference, Courtney Wade, uh, CEO of Ebony Pearls Boutique and the Black Pages, uh, Black Directory for Kentucky County. We have uh, uh, my boy EJ. Uh, he will be coming in. He's a motivator. He is He is a motivational speaker. I'm talking about <laughs> high-intensity <laughs> motivational speaker. Uh, Mr. Jackson uh, works in the school district of Kentucky County as well as his wife. But he is a—I'm talking about when he say, let's go— the it, fire that it's it's <laughs> you're going you're going yeah uh, and then we also have uh, Derek Grant the motivational spotter uh, he spots people as they lifting up their goals uh, he has an amazing story he was uh, shot as a young man um, and he went through an amazing amazing uh, transformation and he's from Kankakee as well and the last speaker uh, her name is prolific she's a spoken word artist and uh, motivational speaker. She comes from the west side of Chicago. Um, we've worked with her before in many capacities. Um, and so she'll be down here October 23rd, free to the public, 11 to 2. Um, we do have, I do have some workshops coming up. Uh, the dates have not been posted yet, but you can find me on social media, uh, Instagram, The Library Guy, Facebook, Kent, The Library Guy. I'm also on uh, LinkedIn, Kent Wade, I'm also on uh, Clubhouse, uh, The Library Guy. That's become pretty popular. Very, very popular. Yeah. Um, it's more my speed as well with having— I, I still haven't checked it out. I had uh, someone give me uh, an I invite. Check it out. But I still—I just haven't had time just because it's like I'm just still trying to, like, do all my— regular, insta- you know, <laughs> the regular the social media, media posts. And I'm like, you know, it's just like the same thing with TikTok. I still haven't yeah, gotten into that just because, I, you know, like, I don't have time. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, man- <laughs> you know? I'm managing because I'm a Facebook head because I, I, I'm a MySpace guy. Let's put it in perspective. <laughs> and then Facebook took over. So yes. we had to go to Facebook. <laughs> yes. And then since then, Facebook has been that, that the, vehicle. The yeah. But with the platforms that we have now, it's, it's vital to be everywhere if right. you can. Um, and so uh, check out my daily doses of ambition on Instagram. I do lives on a consistent basis. Um, just, again, telling my story my way and helping people shake the fear to tell theirs. And so, uh, yeah, this has been an awesome uh, event uh, venture with you. Me and my wife have been working on a – we have a Facebook page called The Porch. Okay. And so um, we're working on – I'm not gonna say two podcasts. We're working on two projects, okay. Um, and and so at least one, one of them is a, a podcast. We, one yeah. of them will be a podcast, and that podcast, the porch in itself. Uh, we have since we've met. When we first met, I was homeless, uh, and so we would sit and talk in our car. And so for years, we will have our hard conversations. We will have lovey dovey moments. We had our when we start having kids, our get away from the kids. We would sit on the porch and we would talk. And so last year, we started doing live videos of us talking on the porch. Oh, cool. And so we talk, we talk about different topics, you know, men and women, you know, that angle. Sure. Uh, we talk about uh, being parents. Uh, we talk about community and issues or things going on in the community. And then we talk about uh, black entrepreneurship. And so it's called The Porch on Facebook. And so we got some good. We got some. We're, we're not. We're, we're, we are going super duper hard. Um, we are we are unapologetic about our voice, and we really want to control the narrative. 
uh, when it comes to Kankakee because Kankakee gets a bad rap. Yes, um, yes, by it the does. citizens and by people who don't live here. <laughs> I was going to say both. Yeah, both. inside and out. Inside and outside, yeah. and we want to change that from the inside. Yeah, because so, um, I, I I said this to someone the other day. Uh, you can't expect positive results from negative. You know, if, if we're just focusing on the negative, we got to focus on the positive, boost that, and there will that mean if there's more positive, then the negative will shrink. Yeah, there'll be more positive to overcome the negative. Yeah, so yeah. you know. When you really open your eyes, I feel like you really see that there's actually uh, more good going on here and, and just in the world around you. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. if you turn off the the national news mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get away from the the left and the right, mm-hmm. I feel like you just you'll see that there's actually more good happening. Yes. And, and then that'll want you to get involved yes. in the good. Yes. And not be yes. like, oh well, yes. they're doing this thing, yes. and you know, I don't like that. And yeah, you, so. sp- you spoke on that negativity. <laughs> a lot of people don't want to be involved with negativity. So when you see mudslinging in an election, nobody want to vote for. They don't want to vote for mudslingers. Heck no, you know, no. they want to be involved with, of with people arguing across the podium at each other. They want positivity is how you can get more people on board. Exactly. There are people who are drawn to nor- to negativity. Oh, well, it's easy to get drawn into negativity. Super, super. Especially because it takes you away from your own life. It takes you yes. away from your own fears. It takes you away from... See, we're going to be here another hour and a half. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, but anyway, yeah, definitely there's just, there's so many things that we can cover in the future. Um, so I definitely look forward to, Kent, uh, to having you back. Um, but thank you, seriously, thank you so much again for, for your time today. And, and I'm I really looking it. forward to uh, seeing all the, the new things that uh, you have going on uh, with your wife, but also just on more things that you'll do with, you know, your slogan, shaking the fear, you know, or shake the fear. Yeah. So. Thank you. For, yeah, Appreciate thank it. you. Thank you for helping me shake the, shake my own fear every day. <laughs> of course. Getting up early. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was shaking the fear right there. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, this has been another episode of Kankakee Podcast. I am Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for being here. Please keep up to date on everything we're doing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kankakee Podcast. Uh, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, or you can catch up on previous episodes at Kankakee Podcast. And uh, there's also a contact form there that uh, you can fill out if um, you want to inquire me about anything, whether it's being on the show or questions, whatever it may be. A new episode uh, comes out every single Monday. So look forward to talking with you next time. Our theme song is by Lupe Carroll, by the way. People tend to stay.